Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This podcast is brought to you by Dragon Shield. Check out the affiliate link down below to help support the show. Welcome to the Play to Win podcast, where we talk about winning in CEDH. I'm Cam. I'm Dylan. And this week, we are fresh back from MTG Con Vegas. That's exactly what it's called. That is what it's called. Magic Con Vegas. Yes, we had an awesome time and we played a ton of CEDH. Yeah, 25 games I think total, somewhere in there. Something like that, yeah. Yeah. I think we lost count after the second day, but it was definitely in the 20s somewhere in there. Right, yeah, we're going to talk about our games mainly. Do you want to talk about how like Vegas went? Yeah, we can talk about Vegas as a whole first. Yeah. Yeah. What, what's, what would you go first? What, what was your general impression? I had a great time in Vegas. I mean, we... <laughs> Sorry, was, that, already, was that a curveball? I'm already <laughs> stumped. <laughs> Shit. How was Shit. Vegas? How was Vegas? It was, it was good. <laughs> Full stop. I feel like a teenager who doesn't want to be here. Yeah. <laughs> I had, I really had no qualms with the event. I sat here and I t- was trying to think of some kind of a qualm. I don't have any qualms. We just mainly played a ton of magic. We walked around, looked at the vendors and the artists, got a couple cards. We picked up a couple art pieces as well, got some signatures. So overall, we had an incredibly sex- successful weekend. Yeah, we mainly though did what we always do at these kind of conventions and stuff is just like plant ourselves in the command zone and play as much magic as we can with whoever would like to come up and play with us. Honestly, this is how I get a gauge of the CEDH meta. I yeah. want to know what's out there and the best way to know what's out there is just to see what people are playing. Yeah, uh, yeah. there's definitely some notable cards that were continuing to win games either for me or for my opponents that I think is different than recently some uh, some updated cards in my opinion so let's do a bit of a recap from last week's podcast where we talked about the decks that you were bringing to vegas ah yes so this was a list of najila tivit blood uh blood pod tim natana and i for the life of me could not remember the fourth deck that you brought tivit uh rograk silas rograk silas how could i forget rograk silas yeah i don't know that one was a great one rog sai um should i just go over how each one was yeah okay first off i'm gonna go rog sai i I was able to win a game and i lost two i think with it deck is extremely explosive i'm mulligan to three and i was able to present uh turn two necropotence attempt didn't get it didn't resolve um but still i think that's reasonable for mulligan to three i think you had a turn three win attempt then too yeah. that was also stopped by interaction yeah so it, like it was still powerful even on a low mulligan which is exactly what i like about the deck is you can kind of comfortably mulligan super low because the deck has a lot of explosive starts uh and the game that i did win i was able to add nauseam down to two i want off of a right of flame into a dockside into many other things um the, the the deck is super sweet it's in a really great spot born upon a win is a great addition the extra turn spells I'm playing all three of them. I'm playing exactly Brian Cook's list. I think the list is great. It's super explosive. The only issue with it is the same issue that, I mean, it's the issue that it's always been is if you don't find the card advantage, you run out of steam quickly. If you don't find the Rhystic Study or the Mystic Remora, you're going to, if there's too much blue at the table, it can be hard to fight through all of that. Yeah, and it's part of the reason why the deck has to be really good at mulliganing because you, it's really imperative that you find these card advantage pieces. Yeah, definitely, 100%. Uh, the deck, it did a lot or a little well even when it did a little it still felt like it did a lot so overall good experience with the deck i'm gonna keep it together i like it a lot yeah i think that's a really good start with that deck right there i think next up uh timna tana blood pod yeah i put this deck back together made a couple changes i was just running the straight database li- database list so i'm playing a lot of pingers in this a lot of orcish bowmaster mayhem devil goblin sharpshooter all those combined uh you would think that would be good 
still didn't love it. There was a couple times where I was able to get the game pretty close to locked out, but it didn't really matter. I wasn't able to close the game out quickly enough and somebody else was able to fight through it and win anyway. Um, Trinosphere can be very strong, but it can also act as a uh, protection for your opponent, it's stopping like them from interacting. It's like defense grid almost yeah. some of the times. Yeah a, lot of the, yeah, a lot of the times. Sometimes I wonder if I should just be playing it as a defense grid, like play it on the turn that I'm ready to go off or something. You know, that's a good point, but your deck isn't really built to have stuff like that. Like silence is good in your deck because it's one extra mana, but you already need like six to go through your birthing pod line. Right. So like I, having a three mana silence seems like if you want that, maybe you just play defense grid, which also seems worse. Yeah, I don't even know if I would play it. The, the ideal is that you would stack your opponents out in other ways so they wouldn't be able to interact with you when you go for your win. I just wasn't able to find my win quick enough. Defense grid is bad because it doesn't make mana dorks cost three mana. So there is definitely that that side of Trinisphere too. Yeah, Defense Grid doesn't actually stop your opponents from advancing themselves. I kind of like Sharpshooter. We didn't really get to see this a ton, but I know a big problem with Bowmaster sometimes is like you want to kill a really problematic creature, but it has two or three toughness and just can't get there in like a single person's turn. So having the Sharpshooter kind of makes it double which is kind of nice and when you kill the two toughness creature your sharpshooter untaps which is cool and it's another combo piece though but you said it doesn't work with kiki jiki it doesn't work with kiki jiki because part of the combo is the copy that you make when it kills something it untaps both of them but kiki jiki is still tapped whereas splinter twin is on the copied creature so you get to activate that one more time the creature itself is what's making the copy so you have a goblin sharpshooter out and then you put a splinter twin onto it you activate the Goblin Sharpshooter to uh, make a copy with the Splinter Twin's yeah. ability. The copy taps to shoot something and kills it. And when it kills it, it untaps the copy and the original. Then with the original, you tap to make another copy. The copy shoots the first copy, which then untaps both of them. And you can make an another. And that the copy that you shot can shoot a player. It is a very confusing way you have to set it up. You need... You need um, Goblin Sharpshooter, Splinter Twin, and then a creature with one toughness on the board somewhere. So Kiki Jiki doesn't work. Kiki, no, it does. Kiki Jiki does not work with which, this. Which yes. I knew. It's I just know, I was fucking forever to figure out why. It <laughs> was, on. the wording is confusing because in the primer it says this card can also combo with Splinter Twin, which makes it sound like there's another card that it combos with, but also I think it's just referring to that it can wipe mana dorks and utility bears out in the value case. Yeah. And I don't think that it's supposed to be implying that there's another card that it combos with. I don't, yeah, I don't think there's another card that it combos okay. with. Okay. We spent way too much time talking about Goblin Sharpshooter. But I do like Goblin Sharpshooter in yeah. the deck. I uh, was happy to see that. I was able to grab a win with this deck. I do still like the Birthing Pod line. I do love Orcish Bowmaster in this deck. An unfortunate part about this deck is it also... It loses to Orcish Bowmasters. A lot of mana dorks. Goblin Sharpshooter itself is a 1-1. There's a lot of creatures with one toughness in this deck that I don't particularly love in Orcish Bowmaster world. We've talked about this a lot kind of off-camera that Orcish Bowmaster is like the only card in recent memories where we've been like actually altering our decks to help play around it. Yeah, and we'll certainly be talking about that more in this podcast, yeah, too. So. Yeah, we got a lot more to say about Orcish Bowmaster. But Blood Pod still, I think, is a solid deck. I was able to get a win, but it just felt a little bit too unreliable. The control that you have with blue, you just have a lot more uh, influence on the tempo of the game, I think, with blue decks. Uh, I still want to keep on tweaking this since I kind of reverted to the database list. I want to add some of my tweaks back into it and see if that'll make it feel a little more comfortable for me. Um, but overall, I was more happy with Rogside than I was Blood Pod. Yeah, I think that with how the meta is right now, I can't necessarily say that I'm surprised with that. But I'm happy to see that you picked up Blood Pot again, because I know that you love that deck, so... Najila? Yeah, Najila. Najila sucks. Najila's ass. It doesn't suck, I just, I don't, I don't gel well with this deck anymore. At one point I did, now I don't. When it was, like, the best deck in the format, like, solidifiedly solidifiedly i knew that that was just crumbling <laughs> as it came out of my mouth and i just there was no salvaging <laughs> no, it. it's good solidifiedly yeah it once was powerful it still is very powerful there's People no doubt win about that with the deck. it's very like, they good win tournaments with yeah, it. yeah just for me i don't really love the play style anymore it's, in my experience 
we're gonna we're gonna talk about the five like a lot of the most impactful cards right now and a lot of them are creatures we don't have to talk about that right now but uh that issue makes Najila's attacking kind of worse i wasn't able to build up a board very quickly at all it was difficult to get through anywhere because yeah. people could just block immediately um i was able to win off of just the deck is full of tutors and counterspellers and consultation wins like i you can get wins that way honestly it's, it's five i color, feel good like stuff maybe deck. that's just how it's winning tournaments definitely yeah like who's winning with the revy or grim hireling yeah, it's probably a backup plan at this yeah. point. At least for me, that's what it felt like. The Derevi plan was a backup plan, and I just had stuff like Diabolic Intent and... Diabolic Intent, right? Yeah, because that will sacrifice a token. Diabolic Intent. I wasn't sure if... It, I wasn't thinking of the four-mana one. Never mind. Beseech the Mirror. No. Well, yeah, that one too. Probably I Najila could use, but... Uh, either way, Najila is a good five-color good stuff deck. I just don't love what it has access to in the command zone anymore. No, that's fair. It, it's If you're not going to give me card advantage in the command zone, you better be fucking really good. Yeah. And, like, Najila is really good, but I feel like as a combo piece, Najila, Najila does have a ton that you have to set up. Like, I much prefer it as, like, a five-color outlet and, like— it. And that's really it. Really. Yeah, it just it just facilitates five color good stuff. It turns your fierce guardian chips on really quickly. All those things are very true. Yeah, like a five color rog rack, I guess is what I would want to call it, right? Like <laughs> yeah. it's a five color Closer commander. You can get off jeweled lotus, which I also think is really important. But I totally like I totally agree. I think it's kind of impossible right now to get in. Like if you play up against Tyam and they go Wall of Roots, like there's <laughs> like what are you supposed to do against that? How do you how do you get around that? Well, I mean you can at least build up tokens against the Wall of Roots, but I. I understand what you're I guess, saying. but like, if you, but like, there's a lot of decks that are like that now, where they play like these weird creatures that have these humongous and like un CEDH like bodies right now. So there's definitely it's it's just I'm over explaining how hard it is to get. There's a lot Nigella of Lothos fairy masterminds. There's a lot of creatures that generate value. Drannith magistrates, yada yada. Just like every player is playing Orc a creature armies, on turn yeah. one or turn two. It's not as easy to get through. Najila was once incredible because there was always a guaranteed mono blue deck at the table. Like there was just ways to get through all the time. Not the case anymore. Oh, that's a good point too. Yeah, not not as many monocolored decks are guaranteed to be played. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think there's just the the hive mind has spread so much that everyone's playing good decks now. yeah right <laughs> that's good though that's yeah. good speaking of good decks speaking of good decks tivit i talk shit on tivit i didn't quite understand how it was as good as it was i fucking get it now the card is really good the deck is really good esper shell is strong esper shell is really good displacer kitten is really good that's also very true yeah i think red gets a lot of hype because of the heightened power of dockside and underworld breach and deflecting swat but after that i think the card quality kind of drops pretty significantly whereas like there's three nines and then a whole bunch of sixes whereas espers you have like all sevens and eights and i think eventually Honestly, all in, eights and nines like in yeah. white all of your cards are like sevens and eights so i think it balances out a little bit better than red things like grand abolisher things like drenith magistrate things like lotho things there's a lot of good ranger captain of eos s percent a lot of good white creatures recently that help that shell of just mid-range grinds so much yeah, you can and you can just play the slow game up until you're able to get tivit out you get to buy back a bunch of mana that way you get a bunch of clues i think what we figured out this weekend then is just you always just say clue yeah just vote clue here's what we figured out on the walk home after day one yes. we figured out that you should always say clue except there is one situation where if tivit has no treasures sorry if tivit has no clues none at all and they have 10 mana or if you'll give them the treasure they will get up to 10 mana 10 mana then you should just give them more treasures all do not treasures, give them clue. Yeah. but if they have any other situation just try to flood them on clues eventually they'll be short on mana and they won't be able to do anything with the clues anyway there were several games where i would just like lose the game with 12 clues in play because i didn't have enough time like event you you just get shut off on mana sometimes so there are situations if they have way too much mana already and no clues then you can give them more treasure otherwise just don't give them the treasure it's so valuable in an esper good stuff deck like that also if you're playing dockside extortionist you want them to flood on clues that they can't crack you play dockside for a billion and then all of a sudden you are winning games you had no business winning before yeah uh dockside extortionist is a great card against this deck because it makes so much artifacts and also mana drain is a great one we've oh, been everyone's yeah. been slimming on mana drain i think that card is really powerful right now it was really strong for me there was one game that I, I countered a, a Void Winner, and I felt very powerful uh, doing that. And immediately afterwards, you won with Demonic Constellation Thassa's Oracle. 100%. Like, that was well, my favorite win of the weekend. <laughs> Thank you very much. 
Alex Hire for yeah. providing the void winner. That was great. That was such a stupid game. I was just oh, like, this man. is so good. I get so much mana off this mana, Jane. Oh, I went from thinking, oh my god, I guess I have to wait another turn to see if I can win to, oh no, I can win. Yeah, I, regardless of that, mana drain, I think, is still just like a very strong card. Yeah, I think so too. I'm going back to like, I'm really happy to have it in all my decks. It's just another way to be able to deal with creatures, which are becoming ever more important. I just, And just having extra mana now in like these slower decks too like it in Tivit is super good because it helps you cast your commander i've really liked it in like even kenrith because it helps you cast your kenrith then too so great powerful card strong love it hard counters like that and delay are things that i'm leaning more towards recently and the more we get into ristic study world the more i want things that can answer anything if i'm going to be drawing cards they got to fucking do something yeah 100 so Tivit deck good Tivit card meh still just fine but at least, you know what, the other thing I do want to say, the 6-6 six, six body on it is also relatively threatening. I think of it like uh, Cryptic Command. It does a lot of things kind of poorly at an overall bad rate, but, but since it can do all of them, it ends up being good. It ends up being really good. Yeah, we did talk about last week or the other week about how it is four of the five things that we're looking for in a CEDH Commander. Mana, card advantage, Haymaker, combo piece. Yeah, and the Haymaker ability, it's like... It's if it had one more power, like it would be a completely different game changer dominant. when it comes it to the Haymaker aspect. Yeah. Exactly. But like that fourth turn is a lot of time to be able to try to get yourself out and around Tivit there. So there, there's outs. Like it's uh, this is an incredibly powerful deck, and it's gonna win a ton of games for you, and you're gonna lose a, to it a ton. But like just keep in mind like where its weaknesses are, and you can get around it. Disclaimer, the reason why if it had seven power would be good is because three hits with seven powers, 21 commander damage, and that would be so much better than four hits as it is right now. It would be a huge difference. And then replay what I just said. What about you? You played some CDH decks in games this weekend. I did, yeah. Tell me about your decks. So I played Rocco. That's kind of been the now the longest deck that I have together now. Um, And I'm I'm met on my Rocco list. I made a couple changes. I finally took the collector oof out and put in mango horn and of course that card didn't come up this weekend i didn't end up playing rocco a ton really uh, i won a game with rocco which i didn't think i was gonna win but thanks to my rule of law creature i felt actually pretty protected i also misplayed really bad with rocco this weekend <laughs> and like kind of forgot how much mana i needed for birthing pod lines and just it ended up being the deck that I played the sloppiest with, which yeah. makes me think that, okay, maybe it's time to move on to a different food chain deck and yeah. try to play a different food chain deck. You and I don't stick to decks for very long, so no. that makes sense. You, I feel like you've had this one probably like six months or more. I think so, too, yeah. And I remember being high on this like quite a while back, and I've certainly diminished where how much I okay. am in love with this deck as much then. Deck but. is still a good, good, powerful deck, I think, but I understand oh, what you're yeah. saying. It's just I love having yeah. options. I absolutely love having options in the command zone, but... But I don't like how many opposition agents are always in play and Dranith magistrates are always in play. Like I want to be able to operate more outside of my command zone more and more as more creatures come into the format. And I feel like Rocco is just built around operating in the command zone. Yeah, it's more obvious what you're doing. Your your opponents know what's going on. They know they have the tutor right there. They can count your mana. So it's easy for them to pick you apart easily for lack of a better, like, you know what I mean? Like they don't really have to think of it too hard. It's kind of just easy to pick apart Naya. So that kind of makes sense. Yeah, so... Uh, I also played Kenrith this weekend. Yes. Yes. Uh, I had taken apart Thrasios Brews and the Blue Farm list I had, and I put together this Kenrith list that was just this mesh of 99 cards that I want to play in CEDH. Kenrith Pile. Just Kenrith Pile. Kenrith Pile. It's great, yeah. I mean, now I know what cards I want to take out. Like, the the whole point around this deck was I didn't want to lose to Orcish Bowmaster. Yeah. So I didn't put, like, any dorks in it except for... Deathrite Shaman. Yeah, no, you, you're trying to limit the amount of damage that you'd be taking from Orcish Bowmaster, which kind of makes sense. If you don't get hurt by the Orcish Bowmaster, that means that the Bowmaster is going to be going somewhere else, which means you can use the Bowmaster to your advantage sometimes. If you can draw a couple extra cards and talk your opponents into, hey, there's a Birds of Paradise over there. You want to kill it? They'll say, yeah, probably. The only thing is, uh, I, the whole reason why I wanted to put this deck back together was because of Agatha of the Vile Cauldron. Ooh. Something about just like paying one green mana to give her a couple plus one, plus one counters, and then making it just a blue mana to draw a card yeah. is very appealing to me. But like, that's really the, between that and Esper Sentinel, those are really the only 
I guess Lotho too. Those are really the open doors to Bowmaster that I have, but they're all too much value as opposed to like a mana dork that I have to tap or something that's not really going to do anything as it's just in play yeah i think all the cards that you mentioned will do something on the turn cycle right like they'll kind of do something almost right away as yeah and lotho they'll do something before it untaps for you exactly Dorks yeah. are just too slow there are opportunities yeah, yeah but it's I think been a, a really good strategy so far is to just not let that happen. A lot of times what we've been seeing with Bowmaster is that it will just target creatures that are out there instead of actually punishing card advantage. So when you don't give people the opportunity to just punish you for having a one toughness creature, you can force them to punish card advantage in more situations. Definitely. Yeah. One of the reasons that Bowmaster is so strong is that it's, it's kind of, too much of a good choice or a good move to want to ping off the creatures. But what ends up happening sometimes is the Bowmaster player will ping off the creatures that are n at the lower powered uh, decks. Or not the lower powered decks, but the decks that aren't ahead right now. If that like if sense. the Savala deck is behind, right. but it just happens to have these dorks out. You're, yeah, you kill the dorks because you can, whereas the Ad Nauseam deck is going to win and a couple, just shoot the damage right at their face instead. Yeah, I feel like there just needs to be more of that happening. You're the yeah. Ad Nauseam player. Let me just fire a couple of damage at you. Right, yeah. that yeah. Just It's so it's so strong because you're, you can play around it for... You, you can work it against your opponents. You can use it against them. Yeah. It really is strong. So, Kenrith, what other cards have you taken out, though? You said you were looking to take some cards out. Neoform okay. is one that I haven't liked. I put it in because I, I, it's a Kenrith card that I remember playing and really liking in the deck. There's a lot of really good options that you have just in general with Neoform. You can go get, um, like, your Thassa's Oracle. Hooray. It really sucks when you're not playing any mana dorks, though. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's a lot less creatures than when all of your creatures just provide you long, consistent value. You're significantly less incentivized to go get another value creature. And when getting Thassa's Oracle or Grand Abolisher are not options really anymore, there's really no point. So I feel like I should I could be playing literally any other spell and that will feel better yeah that makes sense i mean you don't want cards that are dead very often neoform is good because you're playing in a deck that it's never dead in but if that's not the case get it out and i put calling ritual in the deck because of my win record with calling ritual sure, and it's yeah. just i won another game this weekend because of calling ritual yeah but i had another game where it was in my hand and i wasn't really going to be able to do anything because i couldn't follow it up with kenrith i didn't have the extra white mana so while it's still a really good card, I feel like Kenrith is a little bit more mana intensive than the more Jund heavy Ad Nauseam decks so that I'm used to playing this card in. Interesting. I still feel like it would be so good in that deck, though. It is. I mean, in the times that I do have white mana left up and Kenrith or even Kenrith is just in play still. Yeah. It is still absolutely brutal. I can destroy my own Dockside and get my own Dockside back after this, and that's how I fix my color mana problem. Yeah. But that hasn't always happened, so it's not necessarily guaranteed to be on the chopping block, but I'm thinking about it. Uh, yeah, I guess I, I, another point with the Dockside, if you bring back the Dockside, it's probably not going to make a lot of treasure since you just destroyed everything to or less. It's actually going to be real shit. Yeah, it's going to yeah. be kind of bad. It's so, going to be real yeah. shit. I guess that plan of reanimating <laughs> Dockside, not so good. No, probably not. But you can put plus one, plus one counters with the green mana on Kenrith. I guess that's also not very good. Yeah, or I guess if I, there's like a ranger captain in the yeah. graveyard or something else okay. that's in the graveyard. Literally any other creature than Dockside. That's what I like about it making black mana. But I see what you mean, though. There are a couple boxes that have to be checked off in order for it to be good so kind of same issue with neoform like if it's not good all the time put it on the chopping block yeah because there are going to be cards that will be good all, all the, time, of the time right yeah so why wouldn't i just I play those i want to be flexible i want to be able to do exactly what i want to do i don't want to be locked into well i could do this powerful thing if i could only check off these other boxes yeah so that didn't come up as much as neoform but like neoform burned me 100 percent of the times that i drew it this weekend getting it out of there anything else that you want to get rid of from kenrith not right now that's kind of what i'm thinking okay. is where i want to be at kenrith slapped you won a lot of games with kenrith Whooped it their did asses. really well yeah. yeah the one ring is really good oh yeah seedborn muse is really good with the one ring oh yeah most definitely oh, yeah. yeah love that not playing ad nauseum and have not regretted that quite yet i'm a little bit more on let's just try to get kenrith out there and an advantage engine so that that way we can keep the cards flowing keep uh, like even deflecting SWAT and fierce guardianship going too. So Which, and those aren't always in play for Kenrith decks. I feel like I see a lot of Kenrith decks that are not playing those cards. Yeah, you are more of a Kenrith deck. You're getting Kenrith out exactly, which is why I feel a little bit more comfortable playing it as opposed to uh, 
deck that's not like a five color storm deck that has kenrith at the helm exactly which there are several of those and you're not a stacks deck really I, you're not doing stacks stuff. i'm not doing a stacks thing i'm not doing a razaketh thing you playing Dranith magistrate i am playing Dranith magistrate i feel like Dranith goes yeah. in every white deck oh 100 percent. is it right like are, is there deck, a white yeah. deck you don't play it in uh no Sh- shorikai if you're not playing creatures i guess yeah if you're polymorphine but then that feels wrong then. yeah <laughs> yeah you should that just play wrong. yeah <laughs> you're lowering the value of your deck by so much yeah Draft yeah. Magistrate. That's a card that. Well, we'll get to Draft Magistrate again in a second. But I played one more deck this week. Let's too. go. Let's go over that one more deck. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. It was Nimrus. Nimrus. Yeah. Nimrus, we just played with Veggie, uh, right? Uh, we just played out. with Veggie, yeah. Okay, yeah. So the timing works out that, yeah. So, and Veggie was playing Nimrus. Spoilers, that already came out, but it, it fucking did awesome. It did awesome in that video, But for yeah. you also this weekend, I feel like it did awesome. I think it did pretty awesome for me this weekend, too. I had a really good day on Saturday. The Saturday of the event, I I won probably 50% of the games that yeah. we were playing. You were like 4-1 well. before we went to lunch, I remember. <laughs> oh, yeah, and it went a little downhill. I only had one other win in the afternoon, but it's still. it was still, still a great morning that I had. And Nimrus was a huge part of that. Just being able to tempo the table, make sure that I was always on top of in terms of card advantage and making sure that no one was getting too far ahead was just the exact way that you had to go. Definitely. That one's another one that kind of incentivizes you to play well because it yeah. forces you to interact with your opponents on all of their turns because you get the card back for doing it. Exactly. So as your opponents are getting all shut down, you're going up in resources. Great tempo deck. Forces you to play a little bit more slowly and a little bit more cautiously too, which I think one of my biggest problems is that if I find a win, I'll just kind of go for it. Yeah. Which is why I do tend to play better in like aggressive decks. But what I like about Nimrus is that it's kind of forced me to kind of slow down a little bit more and go, okay, well, I have the the resources where I don't necessarily need to go for the win this turn. I can wait for another window, another opportunity, use my counter spell on someone else's like tutor on their turn so that nobody can do anything by the time my turn comes up. Were there any specific cards from Nimrus that like shines that you're like, this is great in this deck or in this? Was there anything like that? That's a really good question. Uh, the one ring. <laughs> the one ring. Again, dude. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just like, I really want to turn out Nimrus pretty quickly. And like, the one ring is such an easy thing to also be able to churn out so just have having other like card advantage engines that are in my 99 is super important yep otherwise i mean I'm, I'm trying to think i feel like every card in the 
deck just shines. It's just a good. It's yeah. just good cards. It's just card draw and tutors and like, interaction. Right? Yeah, like opposition agent has flash and that triggers Nimrus and that's already a card I'm going to play in every black deck. Right. The it's same- just extra good in that yes. deck. I mean, like that's the sign of a good deck though. It's like you don't have to play bad cards that are good with your commander. Yeah. Good cards are good with your commander. Like that's where you want to be. There's a lot of cards that like I wanted to come up more. Like I really wanted to test wave break hippocamp a little bit more, but. That one didn't get to come up, um, but like all the interaction that I played was super helpful, except for misdirection. That card is very annoying. <laughs> not, it's not like deflecting SWAT. Only spells. It's not like deflecting SWAT, and I, <laughs> I, I have trouble remembering that sometimes. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I. I, I see what you mean. Although I do love misdirection, but I, I understand it's not. It's no deflecting SWAT. Yeah. That's no for deflecting sure. SWAT. But I, I've I've really liked this deck quite a bit. So I, this is going to be one that I will definitely be continuing to play and continuing to test out. So Kenrith, you keeping Nimrus, you keeping yeah. Rocco might be switching. Might be getting the axe. Yeah, Understood. we'll take a look. We'll we'll see what's going on with that. But that's kind of what I'm thinking there. Okay. Cool. Should we talk about what I'm excited to talk about, which is like the the standout cards for the weekend? We played 25 games of CDH. There were yeah. some cards that showed up more than once. Oh, they showed up in most of the games that we played. Yeah. Yeah. The first one is Dockside Extortionist. We're not going to dwell too much on this. Dockside has been probably the best card in the format since it came out. Yeah. But guess what? Nothing's, nothing's changed. changed. Dockside is still fucking insane. It shined in many decks. It was the reason why a lot of games were won. Deck, uh, it's just a very powerful card. We can move on quickly, though. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Orcish Bowmaster is the next one on the, on the list. This one is a new one, and I think it is... We've talked about it already, but it is a firm staple, in my opinion. The token yeah. that it makes it has to go along with your swan and your spirit and your treasure now. It's just another CDH staple token, I think. Uh, it came up in so many games. We got 6-6, six, 7-7s, six, seven, and 10-10s ten, throughout a lot of the games. Um, it shut off my Timna very quickly, which is one thing that I was afraid of. Oh, fuck. Timna kind of sucks because yeah. ETB, shoot Timna. You draw a card off Timna, shoot Timna again. She's dead. You fall behind very quickly. Um, we're going to talk about the One Ring in a second, too. But the One Ring was another reason why Orcish Bowmaster was so interesting. You could argue with an opponent. You have a Bowmaster. I can draw three cards right now. If I do that, well, you'll kill that person's Draneth Magistrate. Magistrate or something. You know what I mean? Like there was, You could team up with players very easily, which is a reason why Orcish Bowmaster is so strong. Um, yeah, it was. It's it stood out. Definitely, it overperformed this weekend. It definitely did. And you know, we we already kind of talked about where the damage tends to be going right now, which is just the small creatures. But again, I think if you get if you don't give people the opportunity to hit your small creatures, then it forces them to make the right call and hit people in the face with the damage. Yeah, I think it's like the reason why it's so um, easy and powerful to build around Orcish Billmaster now is one, mana dorks are kind of. They are, they're the they're the worst mana option that we have. You know what I mean? They're not as good as zero mana rocks. Or not, there's a lot of other options now. So they, they are kind of slow already in their own right. So it, it's almost like you kind of make your deck a little bit better by cutting them already. Yeah, really. And then not having that target for Bowmaster, like you said, the Bowmaster has to go somewhere else now. It's like it's going to go at someone's face, probably might be yours, but it could be one of the other Birds of Paradises or something like that. So not only does playing around it help you um survive longer but it helps you defeat your opponents better it's and it's it's just easy to do yeah this card definitely overperformed this entire weekend didn't see it do a terrible amount with wheels but just the consistent amount of repeatable card advantage that we've been seeing the orc that it creates is incredibly relevant can really punish tevishes and like other planeswalkers that you see too can help you get in with card advantage too and if you're a timna deck we just saw that do so much work too yeah definitely um and where we can move you want to move on to uh, the one ring because yeah. the, i was just going to talk more about how like the one ring just like card draw is what's strong right now that's always what's been what's strong that's what magic is that's what cdh is especially but these versions of card draw the one ring the protection is fine it's nice it's not the reason i'm interested in this card if you get it out quickly by turn five you've already drawn like 21 cards off of the card is that right one then two is three then three is six wait one then two is three yep then uh plus another three is six six plus plus four is ten Plus five is 15. Plus five is plus six is 21. Yes. So after six turns, you get 21 cards, which is like an ad nauseum right there. Like it's just, it's, and it feels, it's just free. Every time you draw cards, when you, you tap it to draw four cards and you invest no matter the turn that you do that, it's so powerful to be able to do that. And especially at instant speed to activate it. And that, that cast trigger that it has too, or the, uh, 
the protection clause yeah. was actually a lot uh, relevant a lot of the times because yeah. there were a lot of times where like I was looking at a way to like breach for a win in my hand. I would be like, well, I can't do this anymore. I have to now pivot to a completely different plan or, or just end up completely waiting for the protection clause to go away and hope that no one else can try to squeeze in a win right now yeah stuff like that stuff like malcolm stuff like kiki jiki it does protect against all those things so it is important to note but it doesn't protect against thassa's oracle so i i felt like there were some instances where like it didn't really matter it didn't really come up especially if you get it out early oftentimes early on the protection doesn't do anything at all that's true but the, the option that you can have it as a like resource protection later on is really cool yeah, this definitely was the reason why I won a bunch of games this weekend. I can't think of a deck that I wouldn't put this in anymore. Yeah, I think I'm with you. I think it goes in every deck. I don't think it's a bad thing. I just think it's another card that goes in every deck. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Rhystic Study is another card that just continues to overperform in the format. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's we don't need to talk too much about Rhystic because we know Rhystic has been good for a while. Interesting, I feel like when I first got into CDH, there was some debate whether or not Rhystic Study was playable. Some people said that it wasn't. It was just a little too slow, which is kind of hilarious now because it's just... Someone commented something like this recently, actually, on one of our videos that, like, okay. that's so funny to think about now because Rhystic Study, like... You, the, getting a Rhystic Study out early is like the number one identifier to me for like who's going to win that game. Oh, yeah, me too. 100%. Because especially right now, I feel like there weren't a lot of people paying for Rhystic Studies at the tables we were playing at. And that includes me and you. I feel like there's just a lot more loose play around these card advantage engines because there's so many of them. And people just get so sick of playing around them. And they're like, well, there's two in play right now. I can't just sit here and do nothing. I'm just going to let them draw. Right, yeah. I, when they stack up and your opponents are like three of them are triggering, four of them are triggering. It's like, well... I can't fucking, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, that one person can't draw a card, but the other three can. Does that really make a difference? Not really. Like, no, I, I'm going to cast my Mox Stein. Right, yeah. Like, so, but it's tricky. Like, sometimes it will matter. In the early stages, it will matter. The best thing that you can do, as always, is to try to ignore these things. Yeah. So how do you win the game in as few amount of cards as possible? That's what I'm trying to do. I'm not super focused on how do I get rid of the Rhystic Study? How do I play around the Rhystic Study? No, no, no. How do I ignore the Rhystic Study? How do I do yeah. cast as few spells to win the game that's what i want to do can not, i play silence right yeah. is there like another effect that i can play that just it won't matter how many cards that they have another reason why white's cards are all sevens and eights i think is because silence and grand abolisher and cards like that are so strong in this format they're just with you have three opponents and everyone's playing rhystic study get all the cards you want you can't cast doesn't spells matter anyway. yeah exactly so that's i've been loving white decks for that reason yeah 100 percent Speaking of white cards, Dranith Magistrate, another card that has been overperforming. Yeah, Dranith is another card that we've seen for a while, but this weekend I feel like I just I saw it every game. It dictated the pace of the every game. It was a lot one of the reasons why I felt Tivit was good, because while my opponents kind of floundered sometimes if they didn't have access to the commander, I could just play a fine mid-range deck until someone else would have to kill the Dranith Magistrate. Yeah. I could stop their commander from coming, and then my commander would come in and I would dominate. So it like it it leads you, it puts you in situations where you're striking second like we said earlier like it just yeah. it tricks you into being a good magic player like it allows you to play a good game when everything is all stacked out and then at the last minute you can stop the player from going off after they got rid of the important stacks for you and then you strike i liked having it for like against tivit even too so like there were just there's just so many situations where you just feel so safe with the Dranith magistrate in play and it just it pulls so much weight that i don't know why you would play polymorph in a white deck anymore yeah if you're playing white i feel like all of these cards in my opinion right now are auto includes if oh, you're playing yeah, the color definitely. you need to play the card i added a sixth card to this list give it to me thassa's oracle oh sure this card won most of the games this weekend technically it yeah. won the game uh, anything could have won after all of these cards did their job do you know what i mean yeah that's true but i feel like we just happened to run into a lot less underworld breach and a lot less dockside infinite combos and it's just a lot more solidified wins and i think that is if there's going to be more one rings out there i think that's just going to be a good direction to go it's just don't even give them the option to put you off of a win condition for a turn just play a win condition that's going to go around it completely yep thrasios kind of stinks into orcish bowmaster because yeah. you can't draw your deck all these convoluted extra fancy win conditions they're just 
the more time goes on, they all get more and more locked out and stacked out and stopped and whatnot. Whereas Das's Oracle Consultation just remains at the top, unstoppable, unbreakable. Like it's just such a good combo. I want to lean into it so much more. Do you remember some of the decks that we played against? Yes. So some of the things that stick out to me were Malcolm. Malcolm yeah. decks I thought were very good. I thought so too. We played against the Malcolm Caddis deck that did very well. Um, I, I think we lost to that Malcolm Kettis deck, I think. Pretty sure we lost to a Malcolm Kettis. I'm pretty sure we definitely lost to a Malcolm Vile Smasher. Yeah. Solo, we right? We played yeah. a, a couple of Malcolm Vile Smashers. That was the big one to me that, oh, this is a mini Tivit. That's what I was thinking. It's just kind of a, a fast Tivit. Mal yeah. Malcolm is really good, obviously, there. Um, so you have your one card win con. You have your mana advantage. Um, if you can get your other commander to have card jar or something, we didn't really see that. Although Kettis with a... Cur with a curiosity effect on it that's pretty good oh, that is pretty good too you know, in the kettis malcolm deck yeah. that we saw that's pretty good the way to give malcolm card draw is you play malcolm timna we didn't see any malcolm yeah. timness no. this weekend you but lose on the red you lose the combo though yeah that is the problem so it doesn't really give you the same thing crom malcolm crom malcolm crom oh yeah there you go yeah i'm gonna build it okay yeah i'm gonna build it that seems really good what else do we play against anything stick out in I your mind we, we played against two cricks oh sure yeah and they were we lost to one of them, and the other one had a turn one win if I didn't have the interaction. Yeah, for the, it. The, the first one that we played it had like three win attempts, and we had like all the interaction. Oh, we just yeah. we set up for it perfectly. The second one was the game that I had a Trinisphere in play, and I'm like, this definitely stops Kirk. And Kirk is like, no fucking doesn't. no, it doesn't. <laughs> yeah, we thought it would. Yeah, I was giving them enough time, and it didn't really matter. They just drew yeah. so many cards, it didn't make a difference. They were able to get out of it. We played against a couple Tivots, couple other Tivots, couple that mirroring were out there. Tivots. Yeah, yep, definitely. No one's there were surprised by that. A lot of Tivots. Actually. We did get to play against Talion. Talion was cool. Yeah, Talion was cool to see as well. Uh, definitely does impact the board and can draw a lot of cards. I Talion's think really good. It's a Nimrus type deck. It's just blue, black, good stuff. It can definitely win tournaments. It's a yeah. strong archetype. We didn't see a lot of Kinnon, although a lot of people purposefully didn't play their Kinnon decks against us. Yeah. <laughs> and the person who did play against Kinnon was a good sport as we got Kinnon to cost eight mana throughout the game. Yes. And uh, yeah, I think we kind of learned our lesson there. Definitely. And then I remember losing to the Selesnia Selvala deck as well. Oh, yeah. Which was just incredible to see. Right, yeah. That deck has so many confusing points of interaction. You never know when is the right time. It's a very difficult to play around and against. And especially because it draws you cards, you're like, yeah, I'll wait one more time. I'll yeah, take another draw. This is fine. Yeah, yeah, this is fine. And then all of a sudden you're like, wait a minute, I can't fucking do anything anymore. It's it's too late. I, it's already, we're already past the point. And right, yeah. And it's like, ah, shit. So, but those are the ones that I remembered playing against. Overall, I thought Vegas was a blast. I mean, it was so much fun getting to play magic with people who want to come up and play magic with us is always so cool getting to see everyone is a blast it was a great experience and definitely would do again before we go we have another topic from soul cal acura that i wanted to throw out there here. i am excited give it to me this is the difference between control and stacks and cedh and how viable they both can be okay well we, we've talked about nimrus and blood pod so far in this podcast nimrus is, i think is a great example of a control deck would you say that a, i would say so too yeah I, I think of it more as a tempo deck because tempo is just what control has to look like in cdh because the late game is not safe you it's hard to get to that point of complete safety like you can in with yeah. control in other formats I, I think of it as tempo was what allows you to control the table yes definitely uh and then stacks is something like blood pod stacks is much more preemptive you're getting the pieces out early you're trying to prevent people from doing anything not reacting to what they're doing yeah a more adaptive way to control the table i feel like they both have pros and cons yes i feel like stacks you can proactively use them to help kill the table maybe you can put make them into creatures and timna and you can attack the table you can progress the board but the weaknesses of that is sometimes you stacks out the wrong player sometimes you stop the player who is not ahead at all from doing anything and the other player who isn't affected by your stacks pieces can freely do whatever they want but not only that maybe using your protection against you that can be a terrible feeling and that can happen a lot in stacks and it makes it really important to make sure that you know exactly what your opponents are doing and what you need to play whereas in a control deck instead because you're reacting to the spells that they're casting it's more so just making sure that you have the mana up so that you can do what you need to do to stay alive. Yeah, definitely. I, I like control decks a lot more, tempo decks a lot more right now in the current environment of CDH. Um, I just, I want to be, I want to have control. I want to 
be able to play around my opponents. I just think it's more helpful to do that rather than stacks the board out. There's too many situations, like I kind of mentioned before, where you um, you fuck up the wrong person, whereas control, you're the one who's deciding when you're doing things and you're picking your windows better. Then you can save all of your interaction for win conditions and stuff like that. Yeah, exactly. It's just more fun for me to play, better play style. It's one of the reasons I like Tivit. I kind of look at Tivit as like a, a control deck. It, it's kind of like a mid-range deck, but those lines, are, I think, are very blurry in CDH. I think of it like a tempo deck. I think of it like a Nimrus type of deck yeah. because you're using the mana to buy back some of the mana that you invest into it. Um, it's just a little bit of a bigger tempo deck. Um, so a little bit closer to like a, a maybe traditional like control route. Like I'm playing Toxic Deluge and Dam, like two board wipes. You're playing Toxic Deluge. Are you playing a second? I'm thinking about Languish, but that Ooh. Toxic Deluge is definitely in there. Yeah, Languish might be a good one. Yeah. Uh, I've seen a couple of Tivit players play Languish because it does kill basically everything except your own except commander. Except your commander, yeah, right? which is a really, really cool thing. Kind weird what i've also liked about control is that bounce spells are significantly less effective against you a lot of times what will happen is bounce spells are used against your stacks pieces when you're playing a stacks deck so that someone can try to win the game and then they don't win and then someone else wins the game yep that opportunity does not happen when you're in control because you for the most part are playing with the cards in your hand as opposed to the cards that you already have on the board like a stack stack would be yeah so that's a whole card type that basically is almost null and void against <laughs> the interaction that you have yeah definitely i think like the biggest like thing with control is kind of what we talked about already is just that you're in control you're making more of the decisions you're deciding where a stack stuff can be used against you to defeat another player and that's not a great spot to be in yeah can i add a card to our list of cards that we saw at vegas there's another one that i thought of that i feel like made a big impression yes lotho Lotho. Lotho was, I felt, very strong. Lotho did do a lot of things, and yeah. It makes the treasure on your own cast, which is extra important to remember. The damage doesn't really, I mean, I, that didn't really matter or add up to me, but the extra treasures was just very helpful in stacks interactions. And I think Lotho is, although a one toughness creature, still very powerful. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. I like that on the same turn, it, it's just one mana yeah. because you can just play like a rock afterwards. It's definitely a lot better than I thought it was going to be. What about as a commander? I don't think I like it so much as a commander. Because what do you do with the treasures then? Like, you I feel cast like spells. In, I, I guess, but like you cast stacks pieces, but I feel like you want to do more than that. If you play an ad nauseum deck, it just makes a mana. Not good. Okay. I want to just read a little bit more here about what Soul Cow says, just in case we miss anything. You got it. Uh, I know the line for this is kind of blurry. A stacks can be viewed as controlling your opponent's resources, which it is. That is what stacks is. It is a form of control. It's like control, tempo, stacks. Hmm, interesting. I view tempo as a child. Of, well, see, so in, in 60 card, I feel like it's a little bit different. In 60 card, to me, tempo is a mix between control and aggro. It's when you put pressure on your opponents and you control the tempo of the game yeah. as you do it. Uh, in CDH, I don't. I view it more as a mix between like mid-range and control is where tempo is, just because aggro doesn't really exist in our format. We don't have aggro. We have combo, which is like the fast version of that. But I don't think all decks are combo. You know what I mean? It's not turbo. Yeah, I guess I think of Nimrus more as tempo because you're just continuously getting the card back that you spend. Yeah. So you're not really losing time in that kind of resource. Yeah, you're, you're, not, you're not going down on card advantage. Yeah, yeah. The, the clock is that you're getting closer to your Thassa's Oracle demonic consultation line yeah. as opposed to like attacking. So it's aggression in a different form, I would it's, argue. It's, yeah, So, but it's still, I would say, yeah, that's that's what tempo yeah. is. So, so tempo, but that's... I guess, yeah, so tempo is under the umbrella of control. Of control, yeah. Yeah, I, would, yeah, kinda, I agree a, with you. It's an aggressive control. It's an aggressive version of control, whereas stacks is a defensive... Well, that's not even true because it's stacks a different is kind of a defensive of uh, aggressive, aggressive control. Yeah. yeah. Whereas like land go control would be more of a defensive. Yeah. I guess really the tempo is more defensive than the stacks though. The tempo is responsive. Yes. It's, it is more responsive. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It, and we will, even in 60 card formats, it will always be more responsive. You play your turn one Delver of Secrets and then you leave your mana up forever until it wins you the game. Right. And then the last, I know you all touched to briefly mention it, how it is impossible for one person to control three turbo players. For example, Kinnon versus three Rog Silas. I guess... That is a good point. This is the downside of control. This is when you do have too much to control and everyone's presenting a win and you just can't keep up with it. 
But I think that is part of the reason why it's important to pick the right control commander and why, like, the Thrasios Vile Smasher Curiosity Control isn't as popular because something like Nimrus gets you the value that already tacked on for free. Whereas with Thrasios, you're either using your interaction or you're getting your card back. And if there's too much going on, you're just never getting your card back. Yeah, um, I always I have this thought about Thrasios. As Thrasios is only good if your other commander is also good. Yeah. Thrasios can't be the main thing that you're doing. It's just, especially now with Orcish Bowmaster, it, it has to be a backup plan, and it's a great backup plan. But I don't love it as a, a plan A. Yeah, I agree. I'd much rather be doing something else. Great. I feel like we yeah. talked about the difference between control and stacks a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah, and I do think that control is very viable. I think that there's a lot of control decks that are meta busting right now. So I think as long as you play it well and you play it confidently and um with patience that's what i'm looking for i think you can pull off tons of wins with it yeah just it looks a little bit different in this format than in other formats but i think controlling tempo-y winning second style of gameplay is very powerful in cdh yeah. well thank you very much socal acura for submitting that and thank you for watching or listening. If you'd like to support us directly, you can do so at our Patreon, like our $100 patrons. Mark Cirillo, Zachary Nelson, she doesn't even go here. Joseph Ahrens, SoCal Acura, Stormageddon, Cool Bean Man, Luke Cook, AJ Albosebi, Demon of Rosgris, Kawaja A. Hamid, Lauren Connell, and Baby G-Bus. If you want to pick up any of our merch, you can do that at playtowinmtg.com. Thank you so much, Dragon Shield, for supporting Play to Win. Make sure you use our affiliate link down below to help support the show. And thank you, Dragon Shield, for paying us to go to Las Vegas and allowing us to do that. They paid for the, the trip and everything. So our sponsor, Dragon Shield, kicking ass. Thank yeah. you. Woohoo! You can follow us on TikTok, Twitter, and Instagram for more content. Thank you so much for watching. See you next time. Or listening. Wavy Hashira. Dalton Poteet, Kadamas, Lutri's dad, Stashes, Justin, Mansolo, Pedro, Jacob Depp, Michael Ballou, Jan Wildfang, Thomas Bueno, Swampy McGee, David Nelson, and Jordan I still don't like your background. I don't know what to do. What don't you like about the background? It's just like a folded sweatshirt in a bed. Yeah, it's homey. It gives it a homey feeling. Is it a homey vibe? I'm in a fucking cardigan and I it's I It's cozy. Yeah, right? I feel like I should have a cup of hot chocolate and I sh should be your aunt. That's yeah. kind of how the vibe I'm giving off right now. <laughs> you were gonna say sexy weekend. <laughs> Sorry, don't don't go at that. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com.